Michaela Ferguson, coaching and consulting with passion, compassion, humor, and style, a mission in life on What Has My Attention podcast. Great. Today we are talking with Michaela Ferguson, who I met at Mary Kravitz Watch Us Thrive weekly class. That was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? It was. Almost three. Time flies. It does. It really does. So anyway, we met and the way those calls with Mary work um, is that she does breakout rooms. So Michaela and I found ourselves in a breakout room and of course people talk about who they are and what they do and everything. And I was just really intrigued with you and uh, you know, because I just really wanted to find out more. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit so that people can hear how you want to be known? Sure. Well, my name is Michaela A. Ferguson, owner of Michaela Adele Life Coaching in Orlando, Florida. And I have the privilege of helping clients confidently simplify their personal and professional goals so really they can get more out of their day. So it's all about helping them be more productive and not just busy so that they can have more time doing what they enjoy. Um, I've had this coaching practice for almost three years now, and I'm also a part-time educator, both of which I absolutely love. Yeah, I know. So you have two things going on which is interesting because the educational piece I was really interested in too, because you had talked when we initially met about, you know, helping people. Well, you can explain that better than me in terms of what, what it is you do. There's, there's adults or even younger people, whatever, that are really getting back into educational ball game, so to speak, and really needing to kind of spruce up on their study skills, that sort of thing. Is that right? Two components right now to my coaching practice. Um, Again, it's the, productivity component and helping people simplify their personal and professional goals. And from the education side, I work with clients who typically they're going back to school and it's not so much that they need a tutor. It's that they need someone that can help them maneuver through and and really sort of get their groove back when it comes to being in that educational zone you know, having the right papers, do conduct research. And so I help them set up a study process that will work for them. And also that includes test prep as well. So it's really a lot of fun being able to incorporate my educational background of 16 years into my coaching practice that way. Nice. So the coaching practice, um, yeah, it's obviously, I mean, three years, but you have a, you have a, you have a lot of experience behind you and you're clear headed, which I really, really like. So let's talk about a little bit about, you know, typically what you might do for somebody. And and then I'm going to ask some personal questions like, well, let's just start with where you where are you at? Yeah, where are you at? Well, thank you. Where do you live? I am, <laughs> well, I live in 
DeBerry. I think I shared this with you when we talked. So it's in between Daytona Beach and Orlando is the best way to describe it. And my coaching practice is in Orlando, but I mm. also coach remotely as well. Of course, because especially these days being being uh, trapped in our homes and stuff, we're kind of reaching out in a much bigger way, which is awesome. So let's talk a little bit about that confidence thing, because confidence is like one of those things I think that takes my experience is that it um, it's, yes. it takes a lot of repetition. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely um, you know, we can really be confident in any direction. Right. I can be fairly confident that I will do really well. I can be fairly confident that I won't do well. So it really speaks to a greater mindset piece. And so that part is about helping clients identify any limiting beliefs mm. that may be holding them back so that they can feel certain that, you know what, I can do this. I can make progress. I can move forward. This is where I am right now. This is where I was, but you know what? I can take this on. And so we work together in figuring out what that will look like. And it does take time. It's not an overnight process. You know, I always share with clients, coaching is called a process for a reason. It's not a quick fix or a pill but it's all about helping them make sustainable changes, which is great because then you can, they can continue those even after our time together. Nice. So it's like a football team in the sense that the coach is there the whole season and even before. So it's like you're, you're there, it does take time and there's some goals that you jointly agree on. And the coach basically without maybe even saying it uh, promises that, you that they will help the client or the football player, whoever actually help them reach their independent goal, which is, of course, uh, tightly integrated with the, the team's goal, I'm sure. So do you work with teams, too, then? So first, before I answer that, I have to laugh um, because I'm so football illiterate. So I'm thinking, sure, yes, I think that analogy's pretty close. But sure, I know. I, I think I know enough to know that uh, that was a good example. Sure. Um, no, I typically work with adults at this time. I did teach high school for seven years and, and worked with uh, grades nine through twelve. But in my coaching practice, I focus on adults, typically twenty-five and older. But is you know, really the only stipulation is that they are an adult and they're ready to move forward. So typically, who's who's the ideal client? I mean, the kind of client that you really, well, your ideal client, the kind of client that you either like to work with or you find uh, contacts you and you end up working with. My ideal client is typically someone who are, is at that point where although they've achieved some success, they're just not where they want to be. So as I've had clients say, I have a bunch of goals. I just don't know what to do next. So it's really that person who's motivated, they're decisive, they're ready. They just need the support and accountability and um, really time management system that will help them be able to break their tasks down into manageable actions. So they're ready to roll up their sleeves and get to work. Awesome. Yeah, you talk. Yeah. So accountability is a very, very big thing and kind of a, a, a plan. So I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I remember actually having a little bit of this conversation when we first met and stuff, because because yes. you're you're putting together pieces that are actually essential for somebody when it comes to 
you know, somebody reaching their goal. And would you agree that everybody needs a coach? Ooh, great question. Coaching is not necessarily best for everyone. So I'm very careful in saying, oh, yes, everybody needs a coach. Well, can't necessarily say that. It depends on where the person is in their life, what they're looking to achieve. And then from there, it's all about, is this particular coach the right fit? Will we work well together? Because a lot of the coaching process is a partnership. And again, it's all about where you are and what you're looking to achieve, because very often I will receive inquiries from people wherein what they're really looking for is a counselor. It's not actually coaching services. Or a therapist. Right. And that that's very common as coaches, we may receive those inquiries. So it's important to be able to make that distinction and stay in our professional lanes, as I say, and make the necessary referrals. So, um, you know, again, it's just, it's about what are you looking, where are you in your life? What are you looking to achieve? Then from there, we'll see if, you know, coaching is a good fit. Okay. Do you have some, um, can you talk about some clients that you've worked with and just a few different stories to give me a sense for kind of, oh, just an experience you and they may have had working together? Sure. Would love to. Let's see. One client in particular um, is an accountant and works full-time and has an accounting business. So my, my hat goes off to that individual. And they were also, when we worked together, back in school. That's actually the reason why he hired me, he, because he was working full-time, he had his business, and he was also back in school to receive some additional training um, as it relates to his background in business. And so we structured a plan. And he actually said to me, I know this information. It's not that I don't know it. It's that I feel like it's taking me so long to find the research that I need for my discussion posts. So it wasn't a matter of tutoring. It was just, you know, he felt like he needed to get out of his head was part of it, as he put it, and also get organized. So we ended up working on the education piece and helping him, you know, get back into the groove of, of study habits that would work for him, but then also helping him get more structured and organized in his business. Because he would say, you know, I have all of these, you know, I have this stack on my desk and I will get through them. I have my plan and I have my system, but he realized, okay, this is not working. I need to have something more formal. I need a calendar system that will work for me so that I can actually keep track and be productive. So that was, a, it was a lot of fun helping him through that. The other client, I'll, I'll give two examples. The second client um, actually said to me, one of my more recent um, clients said, you know, I have all these things I'm looking to do, but I don't know where to start. I need some kind of starting point, some structure, actually her words, I need structure, I need organization. How do you approach organization? Let me just say I have the gift of ADD, which means I have to work really hard at being organized. But but I <laughs> I know you're laughing, everybody does. But it's like, it's also, it's also, <laughs> you know, I took my cues from this woman, Liz Davenport, Order from Chaos. Mm -hmm who actually is legally blind and dyslexic and, um, you know, that way. And she developed an organizational system she calls order from chaos for the disorganized, 
by the disorganized because organized people think differently than disorganized people. And the notion that an organized person can organize a disorganized person is folly. It just, it, it can't happen because they think completely different. But I'm just curious how you approach people or helping people get organized. Yes. Well, first off, definitely not laughing at you. I, I'm, I'm laughing with you in that. I love the creative and positive spin you put on that as the gift. I have the gift of ADHD. You know what? We, we all have to cap capitalize on our strengths, right? And for some people, um, you know, ADHD and ADD are, of course, you know, different from the, the clients that I work with in terms of they're typically just trying to figure out a system and that they it's typically that they haven't figured out a system. And so just like balance, organization means something different to everybody. And so in working with the client, we figure out together, well, what does that look like? Right. So I'm giving a very generic example. But when I work with clients, it's very specific to what it is they have going on in their life where they are, where they want to go. And then we begin to tackle the action steps from there. So it's just, it's, it's a step-by-step -step process, very individual to each person. Everybody's motivated differently. We learn differently. So all of that goes into how I help the client figure out what being more organized and managing their time looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's identifying uh, help them helping you uh, helping you understand what areas of their life are basically what out of control or just needs, you know, fine tuning. I mean, uh, let me just say for myself, you know, if you spend any time with Mary Kravitz, you know, one of the first things she helped people do is identify what your peak times are. So I, I identified my peak time is from five o'clock in the morning till eight. And so I've structured my whole day around that so that my brain intensive activities happen at five o'clock to eight. And then I'll like take a shower, eat breakfast, and then become a little more social and, and uh, make some phone calls. And, but given the fact that I wake up at, or I start at five, I often wake up earlier that by four o'clock in the afternoon, which is coming up in 45 minutes or less, I'm done. And then Sometimes just because <laughs> things don't get sure. done, I'll uh, come back on at seven o'clock for a couple hours to often kind of deal with, you know, editing a podcast or something like that. But it's like, this is a structure that works really, really well for me. I don't, and you know, it's like, it's great because nobody's going to bug me generally speaking at five o'clock in the morning and plus my phone's off and everything else. And taking distractions out of my life is really important. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, like you mentioned, that peak productivity aspect is really important because it's different for everyone. You know, everyone doesn't work a nine to five, for example. So it's all about figuring out what will work best for us, you know, and what is realistic for that person, right? So for some people, their peak time might be completely different. It might be in the evening. You know, I've spoken to students, adult students, where in their schedule, because they have other duties and obligations, their peak time instead of five o'clock in the morning might be 11 o'clock at night, where that's their quiet time and they're able to focus and it's realistic. It works with their schedule and they're able to be productive that way. So it's certainly a customized system. And that's the great thing about 
task management, as I call it, because really, if we're live, 24 hours is going to happen, right? We don't control the hours, but we control what we do. Um, well, we have some control over what we do during that time. So it's all about capitalizing on those hours and being able to figure out what works for us. Nice. So I'm going to ask a question I always ask people. It's, it's kind of fun, which is thinking back, yeah, thinking back in your life, and it could be just recent sure. or a long time ago, is can you think about a time in your life that was absolutely defining for you, where everything changed? Ooh, let's see. Well, specifically, I will say 2016. In 2016, we lost three family members back to back. Um, two on my dad's side of the family and one on my mom's side of the family. And so that was, of course, changing because anytime you lose someone and grieving is different, of course, for everybody. But one thing that is, is likely true for all is that it is life changing. Your life will never be the same. You know, when you lose people who matter to you and have such a play such a significant role in your life. You know, now it's all about getting used to them not being here anymore. So that was definitely a massive change. And then really the last three years have we've experienced a, a great deal of loss. We've sort of been in, in the season of loss in my family. And so those have certainly been challenging. So where, where um, what did you find most useful to get through all this? Support. Having a very strong support system. So having my husband, my parents, my siblings, my extended family, that was probably um, the biggest. And quite honestly, for us, you know, we're a spiritual family. So prayer and support were the main two. Yes. So family's a very, very, very big deal. So it's actually true for myself that in my later years, I've actually been appreciating family much more than when I was younger. So, but my family is also very extended. I don't have like a lot of friends, but people, the people that I really hold dear, you know, are just really, I'm really, really close to. And uh, I'm going to quote somebody to say mm -hmm. that, you know, family can be said to be a network of relationships. So it doesn't necessarily have to be your blood family, but it could be people outside that. And I always... I, I always love these conversations and meeting people like you and stuff because it becomes, you know, it's a part of my network, you know, yes. of, of relationships, which is right. in, in many terms, many ways, a family. So I know you have something else to say about all this. So you, you seem to be the kind of person that really enjoys serving others and just being really making a difference. Absolutely. So what would most of your clients, what do they, what do they mostly say about you? Mostly that, um, you know, she actually listens and doesn't judge me. I'm able to get my thoughts out and my feelings out. And also that they feel like they are held accountable, but in a fun way. So they'll tell me they actually look forward to, you know, logging into their coaching portal and, you know, being able to look at what their action steps are that they've agreed to or any other, you know, fun and engaging resources that I've uploaded. So um, and also being approachable. And I don't take that lightly. I'm very, very humbled by that because that's a big deal for me, for my clients to feel like they can they can talk to me and I'm not there to judge. I'm not there to pass judgment 
I'm really there to help support them so that they can make positive changes. And that's what it's all about. Very nice. Very nice. So what else in your life actually recently has your attention besides maybe this pandemic that we're in the middle of? What What's recently kind of just like had your attention? Um, well, as you mentioned, definitely, you know, the pandemic, because it is, you know, it has changed things and is very stressful. So just trying to be part of, you know, the solution, so to speak, and just putting out positive, continuing to put out positive content um, and also stay focused and busy on what's in my control. Uh, I'm actually in school. So that's back in school for a graduate certificate in industrial and organizational psychology. So IO site. And so I'll be adding consulting to my coaching practice soon. So that has kept me very, very busy, which is a good thing. I know nothing about that subject matter and would love to hear about it. <laughs> all right. Well, in summary, IO psych is all about studying the workplace. So typically, um, if you hire somebody in that area, it's to make some aspect of the organization better is the short version. So typically managers will hire consultants to come in and make some changes. Maybe they're having retention issues with the company or just any any number of workplace situations that are hindering success. So they're coming in to help solve a problem. So I'm, I'm early relatively early on in the program, but I'm definitely learning a substantial amount for sure. Nice. I don't know if I've mentioned before, but I follow pretty closely Simon Sinek. And I don't know if you know his work. Do you know who he is? Yes. Great. Do you uh, you kind of like where he comes from? I mean, what I like about him is in terms of leadership and, you know, a lot of times somebody will be promoted to a manager position, but they're never trained. And from Simon's perspective, it's like, when you become a quote unquote leader, you know, you are now entrusted with helping people, quote unquote, like under you, um, entrusted in those people that they're entrusted to. So you're basically a coach, really, and a support system for the people under you to help them help the people that are under them, which I, I just love this model because it just trickles all the way down and across. Yeah, we're actually um, in, in this particular course that I'm taking, we've talked a lot about that issue of people being in certain positions, but not necessarily having been trained properly. So that's definitely a, a huge aspect. And even in my teaching life, we hear that a lot with, you know, people not, people feeling like they have not been properly trained. They've been promoted to this position, but not always that they've been trained. Um, and not necessarily that they don't have any experience at all, but you know, even when you have the experience, I found that there's still a level of training that is involved and every company is different. You know, I know, for example, I was a team lead at a college before, you know, being at the college that um, I'm currently with and their scheduling procedures, for example, were quite different. So there was certainly a learning curve there. And fortunately, I had the year experience so that it wasn't as much of a learning curve. But again, it was still, you know, I had a sense of scheduling, student scheduling, but that this college's process was very different. So I had to, um, you know, definitely learn that new process. Yeah. Interesting. 
So let's talk about from your perspective, just kind of a bigger picture for you. And like, let's just say the next five years, what do you see yourself doing that might be a little bit uh, different, challenging, where you want to go, what's in your dreams? Absolutely. Well, certainly continuing to grow my coaching practice with the one-on-one private coaching, the seminars that I host. And also, as I mentioned, I will be finishing this program, IO Psychology Graduate Certificate Program. And so I'll be looking to open up the consulting part of my practice as well. So that will be a lot of fun, having the coaching and consulting side. So certainly I anticipate that growth over the next few years and just continuing to teach more uh, courses at the college. I'll be teaching psychology when everything is over. We'll see. That was going to be the plan. Once able to, again, I, I look forward to teaching that course as well. So a lot of, lot of fun things. Looking forward to it. Nice. That's nice. Okay. So wrapping up, is there anything you want to leave people? Yes, I am. Um, actually, my, my favorite, favorite quote when I think about sort of my philosophy, my philosophy on life and just in my coaching practice in general, um, it really mirrors one of my favorite quotes by um, Maya Angelou, which is my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor and some style. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm sure you're going to do quite well. <laughs> 